afternoon, everybody. Eric Lofholm here, joined by Dr. Donald Moyne. Today, we're talking about joint ventures. I want to welcome you to the Influence Show. We're coming to you live every Monday, 4 o'clock Pacific, 7 o'clock Eastern, with a different topic. The first few shows have been the two of us. We'll bring on some guests here in the future. We picked a topic to share each week on the call. Dr. Moyne, how are you doing today? I'm doing fantastic. I want to welcome all of our viewers across the United States and around the world. It's tremendous to be here. Fantastic. Well, we are going to have a little conversation today about one interesting way to make a lot more sales, mm -hmm. which are uh, joint ventures. And these are the, the largest deals that I am currently doing. And so uh, before I jump in, with any of my ideas? Is there anything that you'd like to share about joint ventures? Yeah, there, there is. Uh, first of all, I'd just like to kind of define it for you. Uh, maybe give you a quick example. I know Eric has a lot of great examples. Um, folks, a joint venture, there's a lot of ways of looking at it, but basically it's doing something with a partner. Eric and I are doing a joint venture right now. Sometimes people say, uh, you know, what is a joint venture? Oh, I could never do that. It, it sounds like something for, you know, just someone else to do. But it's basically you're doing something with a partner. That is your joint venture partner. What are joint ventures all about? They're all about synergy. Synergy is one plus one equals three. One plus one normally equals two. But when you combine the right joint venture partners, you create something that is much bigger than the individuals alone or much bigger than you can sometimes ever imagine. A lot of the greatest accomplishments in the world were accomplished through people working together. It's all about together we are much greater than we are individually and alone. I want to give you a quick example. Um, a number of years ago, I had a client who was at a Mercedes uh, dealership and the dealership was doing the usual things, advertising, etc. But they asked themselves a very important question. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down because you have to ask yourself this question to have a successful joint venture. Who has my ideal clients? Who has my ideal customers? The people I would love to have as clients or customers. And they thought about it and they thought of high-end jewelry stores, luxury jewelry stores, not the little cheap jewelry stores you see at the mall. And they proposed a JV partnership with a luxury jewelry store. Now they each had great client lists, you know, they had email lists of clients, but they there was some overlap, but there were a lot of pe people on the Mercedes list that were not on the luxury uh, jewelry store list and vice versa. So they decided to have a dinner at the Mercedes dealership. And at the dinner, the um, jewelry store owner brought in some beautiful, uh, beautiful new jewelry, diamonds, sapphire jewelry, uh, emeralds, you know, just gorgeous, gorgeous jaw-dropping jewelry. And the Mercedes dealer, of course, had some beautiful new state-of-the-art Mercedes cars on sale, which people could test drive. 
and they each picked up some new clients. It was a very successful thing. And of course, they're not, you don't want, write this down also. So the first thing to write down is who has my ideal clients? Who has my ideal customers? That could be a great joint venture partner. So really, this is about the way I like to look at it. It's team selling. In joint ventures, you're doing team selling. And uh, you create a much, much bigger pie when you do that. Um, but the other thing you you have to do, folks, I, I have to point this out to you because some people overlook it. You have to know who your ideal clients are. And I was just this morning helping one of my clients figure that out. It's amazing to me how many people in sales, they don't really know who their ideal clients are, like sales trainers. They'll just say, well, I teach sales training to anyone, any kind of sales training. I, I, I kind of do that, and Eric kind of does that, but we each have specializations. For example, I have done so much sales training with financial planners, with insurance agents. I've done quite a bit with real estate agents. There are three or four other groups where I know so much. I have people tell me, Dr. Moyne, you should sell this stuff for me. I mean, you know so much about financial planning. You know so much about insurance or coaching. I've had a lot of coaches uh, who, you know, when I started coaching Eric and after eight or nine years, he became a partner of mine and you know, he got into the coaching business himself. So you need to know who your ideal clients are. You have to figure that out and then look for a JV partner who has those people and you can have a wonderful, wonderful partnership. I want to give you an example from my own life in a few minutes. Uh, it was, a, I've had a lot of great JV partnerships and a lot of the best ones have been with Eric, but I want to turn it over to Eric to share some insights. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Dr. Moyne, for those opening statements about joint ventures. And I want to hit it from a couple different angles. And, and one has to do with mindset. Mindset. And when I got started in sales, my mindset was to run a sales call, to close the sale. I wasn't thinking about doing a joint venture. And I want to tell you a quick story about a client that I helped who has a heating and air conditioning business. And I taught him about doing joint ventures. And so he went to Home Depot and he said, you know, when you sell a heating and air unit, who does the install? And they said, well, we, we refer that out to a, a local company. And he says, well, how do you select who you, who you refer it out to? He said, well, you got to be on the list. He said, well, how do you get on the list? He said, well, you have to submit an application. So he's like, okay. So he goes and submits the application. He gets on the list. And in year one, he does a quarter of a million dollars in business from referrals from the Home Depot. Now, if he does that without increasing the volume from Home Depot over 10 years, that's two and a half million dollars in business for a small little heating and air conditioning business. So it's interesting to think about it from what is the value that I can offer to the other person? So what's the value he could offer Home Depot? Well, two things. One, he can do the install for the work they did. And then the way they had it set up is he had to pay a little referral fee. So I think it was 10%, something like that. I don't know if it was on the profit or the gross, whatever it was. So he was a profit center for Home Depot and he provided a service that Home Depot didn't do. So if you think like that, where is there a fit? Let me give you one other example 
And that is a, a deal I did with a gentleman da- named David Ricklin. And David has a database and he doesn't do sales training. And then I have a database and he works with entrepreneurs and I work with entrepreneurs. So we did what's called the reciprocal referral relationship. And so I agreed to promote David to my list so he could get exposure to new people. And he agreed to promote me to his list and he could get, I get exposure to new people. So I have a webinar I'm doing tomorrow from this promotion. And I looked a little earlier today and I have 113 opt-ins for this webinar. So that means 113 brand new leads, unless there's overlap and there might be a few, but most of those 90 90 to 95% are brand new leads. And that was all created out of a joint venture where I'm able to add value to David and David's able to add value to me. And there's a lot of creativity that can be done in this. And so Dr. Moyne, I'm gonna turn it back to you for some more insight from you. Oh, that was a great example, Eric. Um, uh, Folks, I'd like to share an example from my life, a joint venture I did about 20 or so years ago. Many of you have heard of Jay Abraham. Jay Abraham is considered the world's top marketing expert. Many people refer to him as a true marketing genius. Now, while Jay, and by the way, he charges about $130,000 per day for his time. When I was working with him, he was a relatively bargain price of only $5,000 per hour. Uh, Now, while Jay is a marketing genius, he does not like selling himself. He thinks it's, his mindset is it's kind of beneath him to you know, sell himself like a commodity or, or a product. He thinks people should just be smart enough to see how much he has to offer, the great value he brings, and to just you know hire him or go to his seminars. He was doing a lot of seminars then. He since reduced the number of seminars he offers. So through another client of mine, someone that uh, – Actually, Eric used to work for a guy named Ted Thomas, who's also knows a lot about marketing. Uh, Ted called me up one day and he said, uh, Donald, uh, you know Jay Abraham? And I said, of course I do. I've spent thousands of dollars buying his marketing materials. You know, Jay would put out these little books, booklets, and instead of selling them for $50 each or $100 for a book, he would sell them for $2,000. And there are people like me and Eric and others who, who buy them because there's just so much great information in there. He even has a $2,000 or so book on JV marketing uh, because Jay has done so many joint ventures, including with Tony Robbins now, uh, where they've each made millions and millions of dollars you know, for one set of seminars. So uh, Ted Thomas said, Donald, you're not going to believe this, but uh, Jay Abraham's going to be calling you in a few minutes. And I said, why is that? He said, because I told him to. He, he asked me for some help uh, to refer him to a sales expert, someone who could increase his sales. I, I'm, and I told him to call you and I gave him uh, your number. So I'd better get off the line. I want to clear the line. So when Jay calls, you're available. So I hung up the phone a few minutes later. I pick up, you know, I, I, I see the phone ringing. The caller ID says, Jay Abraham, I can't believe it. And he says, hello, Donald, this is, this is Jay Abraham. So we start talking and we decide, he, we decided to meet and I said, Jay, where are you? He says, I'm in Palos Verdes, California, Palos Verdes Peninsula. I said, I 
I don't believe it. That's where I am. It turns out we lived about two miles from each other. <laughs> and uh, so we got together. We met at uh, Jay's house. We meet at his office. And, uh, you know, of course, I'm trying. I'm a salesman. I'm trying to pitch him on hiring me. And he's suitably impressed by my, uh, you know, the number of successful clients I have and, and other things. So he says, Donald, I'm not going to hire you. And I'm kind of crestfallen, you know, I, oh, I'm, I'm kind of having a little pity party inside my head. And he says, I'm going to do something even better. And I said, what could be better than you hiring me? And he said, uh, I'm going to give you a percentage of my sales that you help me make for my next upcoming seminar. He was doing a three-day seminar, cost $6,000, and he was invited to uh, do presentations on other people's webinars and to do live presentations uh, for famous people like Mark Victor Hansen. And although Jay is a marketing genius, he had very few people signing up because he hated to sell himself. So I would get together with him. I scripted out. I looked at his existing presentation. I told him, Jay, you got to change everything in this. And he hated to hear that, but he was open-minded. And I wrote out a new presentation for him. I wrote out new closes. I showed him how to close earlier. And uh, he went through it. He said, I don't understand this, but I'll do it. And he reported back to me his sales results from the next uh, uh, live program, uh, live event that he spoke at where he was promoting this, this upcoming seminar. And he said, Donald, I have good news and I have bad news. And I said, well, and he said, what do you want first? And I said, Jay, uh, give me the bad news first. He said, the bad news is uh, when the limousine picked me up, to, it was down in Orange County. It was about an hour south of where we live. He said, limousine picked me up to take me down there. I forgot to take your scripts. I thought, oh, my God. <laughs> he said, but I sat in the car and I just tried to remember all those things you told me. And I, I could only remember half, half of it or less. So I go down there and I give this presentation. There were hundreds of people in the room. And I said, wow, how did it go? He said, well, that's the good news. He said, I sold 10 times as much as I did the last time I spoke with this guy. And uh, so we're going to make some money together. And that was our joint venture, that he and I had a, a split on the profits. And later on, I'm going to turn it back over to Eric. But later on, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you some guidelines, folks, on how to split uh, profits or a lot of people in sales do commission splits where you do teams. As I said earlier, the way I love to look at JVs is it's like team selling. The other person promotes you, you promote them. Together you promote a solution or a product or a service for your client. And I ended up making quite a bit of money. Even though Jay didn't hire me at my normal rate, I would have made less money being paid my hourly rate than getting a percentage of his sales. And with that, I'll turn it over to my friend and partner, Eric Lawholm. Well, joint ventures are, um, they're a lot of fun. And um, Dr. Moyne and I are providing uh, consulting for a company right now that's a, it's a pre-IPO company, a very exciting opportunity. 
And uh, the joint venture that we set up was we got uh, stock. We had some cash compensation and we had some stock compensation and that's what they were stock rich and uh, didn't want to use their cash. And so we made investment in our of our time and it's looking like it's going to pay off really, really well. And sometimes you swing and miss on those deals, but sometimes you, you swing and you, you connect. And um, there's interesting overlaps in Dr. Moyne's and my, my career because because of joint ventures, we've met in different ways. And what I mean by that is uh, my first mentor, Dante Pirano, uh, how I met him, Dr. Moyne, is he was speaking on the Mike and Irene Mylan seminar circuit, which was a joint venture between the two of them. And the Mylans, for those of you watching this right now, they were seminar promoters. Mm -hmm. And so they looked to bring on speakers in addition to themselves. And then they had whatever their joint venture agreement was. So Dante came on as the guest speaker and he did not have to pay for the seminar promotion. And then he shared a percentage of the sales with the Mylans. Well, I went to the seminar because of the Mylan infomercial, we didn't even know Dante was going to be there. And so he was there because of this joint venture. And then long story short, I ended up going to work for him. And that's where I met Dr. Moyne because you were, of course, coaching Tony Martinez. Mm -hmm. And you helped Tony craft the uh, the script for his front of the room speaking. Mm -hmm. And Ted Thomas and I shared the stage at one of those events and i did very well because i had the script that you had crafted with tony mm -hmm. and uh, ted did not do very well because he didn't have a highly persuasive script mm -hmm. and i trained ted as far as i could get him and i told ted you need to talk to dr moyne <laughs> so mm -hmm. i referred ted to you and then ted referred you to doc to uh, jay abraham so that's just mm -hmm. kind of a fun little mm -hmm. little connection there um so i want to share one more idea and before I go any further, I want to take a moment and acknowledge all of you that are here today. And if you'll take a moment, you guys make the show possible because you're here. If you'll type into the chat, where are you joining us from? And let us know, have you been on our show before? Or are you a first-time listener? Type that in the chat right now. Also type in, do you do joint ventures? And if you do, maybe just briefly give us a little example of, of how you do joint ventures. And this other idea I want to share with you is a way of thinking about, I call it leveraging networks. So back to the idea of who has your client or customer and leveraging the relationship that they have. And this is what Starbucks mastered with groups like Barnes & Noble, Target, airports. So Starbucks went to Barnes & Noble and said, hey, why don't you put a one of our Starbucks over in the corner of your store where hardly anybody goes. It's your least profitable area of the store, one of the least profitable, and we'll pay you some rent. And then every time we sell a cup of coffee or a pastry, we'll give you a percentage of the revenue. And, and Barnes & Noble said yes. <clears throat> they tested it in one store, and then they got distribution to 500 stores. And I estimate that that joint venture sold over 50 million cups of coffee. So that one yes, selling Barnes & Noble on putting a Starbucks over in the corner where hardly anybody ever goes, ultimately turned into 50 million cups of coffee, possibly even more. So if you apply that mindset and you think about who has a database of your target market 
and then you go and create the joint venture that could create a windfall of sales for you. And Dr. Moyne, I'll turn it back on over to you. Uh, that was a super, super uh, set of examples, actually. The company that Eric referred to that we're doing this joint venture with, where we are contributing our expertise, helping them raise money. They are a medical technology company with a breakthrough uh, headset that helps people with advanced macular degeneration. There's 15 million uh, people like that who are losing the ability to see. They help them to see again for the first time. They can read again. They can watch television. They can see the faces of loved ones. They can walk safely around their neighborhood. Well, they gave us some cash to train them in how to talk to investors, how to deal with objections from investors. And they gave us some stock. And Eric, the stock that we got last year was at that time, the stock was valued at $1.30 a share. Recently, it has been $2.50 a share. And next month, it's going to $3 a share. They're repricing it at $3 per share. And when it goes public, we think it's going to go public at over $20 per share. So it's a win, win, win for all of us. It's helped the company to grow. We've helped them bring in over $20 million and they have a lot of happy investors. So I wanna share with you guys some important details about how to structure joint ventures. Eric and I, uh, I think I'll, almost always Eric, we've done 50-50 joint ventures where we split the profits 50-50. Eric has sometimes had uh, he's taken the credit card, so he's had uh, he charges three percent or or so uh, overhead for, of course, processing the credit cards. But in the real world, folks, you can't always do that. As I mentioned with Jay Abraham, I did not. I I, I don't know if I mentioned this. I did not get anywhere near fifty percent, but it was still that added up to much more than my normally hourly rate would have been. Um, so what you can do is you can use an unequal percentage. So you can write that down in your notes. So for example, if you're doing a commission split with another salesperson in your field, which is very commonly done, that's a form of a joint venture. If you are bringing more to the table than your partner, you deserve more than 50% of the profits. You may be contributing many, many more leads. You may be contributing more expertise uh, and that's another way to figure out how to select a joint venture partner, because sometimes, uh, as Eric mentioned, it can be a database. You each contribute your databases. Uh, I now have like 10,800 connections on LinkedIn. Uh, Eric has more than that, but he's been on for like 12 years. I've only been on for two and a half years and I've, I've got some real, I have company presidents. I have very, some very high level. Uh, connections. So I, I can promote people on LinkedIn, carefully selected people. So you can you can have an unequal uh, uh, profit split, split or commission split. And that's perfectly fine. Your partner should understand that. And sometimes, folks, you should be willing to take less than 50%. As I, I've done several joint ventures with Jay Abraham, and I always get much, much less than 50%, but it's still a win-win-win. Another way you can do it is, especially if you're in the service business, 
is if if you bring more to the table than your partner you can have them pay you some cash up front so i've done several joint ventures like this where you know my my time is valuable and i and my expertise is valuable i know the value of my time and expertise and if if they need some help and uh, i'm not sure of what the outcome is going to be you know, I may say, hey, look, I need to be guaranteed $3,000 on this because I'm going to spend a fair amount of time doing this, promoting this, speaking at this, or I need, whatever the dollar amount is, X dollars. So your partner can contribute X dollars. And on the other hand, if there is someone who brings great expertise to the table, who has a fantastic list of prospects, they may want a guarantee. They, you know, there are some people that, uh, you know, they want guarantees like $25,000, but they are so famous. I mean, if you had a chance to do an event with Tony Robbins, you know, he's, Tony asked for a lot up front. He, he, he just demands the world. Like if he, if he's working with a company, he'll say, I want, you know, 10% of the company. I want 10% of the stock. He, he'll just, he's just asked for the world because he can get it. So that's another way of structuring the deal. What I want to encourage here, folks, is creative thinking and always look for win, win, win outcomes, a win for you, a win for your partner and a win for your customers or your clients. Eric, I'll turn it back to you. Fantastic ideas. And um, I just want to share a couple of the comments in the chat here. Um, Jean mentions that she has a partner uh, that with another, she has a, she works with another coach and they do a clubhouse room together. Clubhouse is an app. A lot of you are familiar with this, an audio app where people gather. It's kind of like Dr. Nguyen and I doing a show together, but they're doing an event together in clubhouse. So they might both be promoting it and they can both team teach. And so they're creating value that way. So Jean really um, creative uh, idea. And um, Brian says that he does uh, partnerships and joint ventures. Uh, Patty says this is her first time joining the show. Patty, welcome. Mm -hmm. Thank you for joining us. And I want to give you another insight, two insights. And one is if you think about a joint venture like a sales presentation. So instead of me selling coaching, I'm selling somebody on the idea of partnering with me. So like when I presented the idea of our show that we're on here, when I had this thought to, and I presented it to Dr. Moyne, I have to present the benefits to him. Hey, I have this show idea. Here's why I think it's a good idea. I'd like you to be a part of it. Here's the benefit to you. And so it, it is a form of a sales presentation, which starts with trust and rapport, and then identifying the needs of your prospect. And so Asking him questions like, if you were to do a joint venture, what would be important for you? What would you be looking to get out of us working together? And you're kind of collaborating together on what it is that you're putting together versus um, just the bottom line is put on your sales hat when you're, when you're doing this. And then the other idea I have for you is think of staging a house. If I'm a real estate agent, I might stage the home to make the home look more attractive so I can get the maximum value for the home. So if you think of yourself as staging, but for your joint venture, so how can you make yourself more attractive? 
What can you do? So if you um, have uh, an expertise that you can bring and you can bring that expertise, like what Dr. Boyne and I did with our company that we got the stock for, you know, the joint venture was we position our expertise as, as extremely valuable. So what can you do to make yourself more attractive for doing the joint ventures? One of the things in our show here, I handle all the technology for the show. Mm -hmm. Dr. Moyne doesn't have to go research it and buy software and he can just bring his expertise and I'm handling the behind the scenes, the recording and so forth. So that was a value that I could bring. And we have just a couple of minutes left, Dr. Moyne, for any, any final thoughts that you'd like to share? Although well, those are some tremendous insights, Eric. Um, folks, think about, when you think about a JV partner, think about someone you admire. Think about someone who maybe is a star in your field. I have a couple of clients now in the insurance field, life insurance and annuities. And they are each making millions of dollars a year. And one of the two gets almost all of his sales uh, with JVs. He splits commissions with other agents. He does not do much marketing himself, but he has so much expertise. He's, he works with very wealthy people uh, and he has other agents bring him business. When they have a wealthy client that they're worried they cannot close, and they'll lose them forever. They bring him in, they do a commission split because of his tremendous expertise in closing these people. And 100% it, referrals in a way are a, are a form of a JV, but in, in the insurance field, you can get paid, you can do a commission split. So he makes millions of dollars a year and other people are basically marketing him. So we think about superstars in your field, whatever you sell, and propose a joint venture with them. I want to encourage you to develop sales courage. Sales, write that down, sales courage. Put your hand on your heart and tell yourself, I have sales courage. I have sales courage. I want you to wire that into your brain. I want you to think of yourself as a sales lion. Eric is a fearless cold caller. Eric will cold call anyone. He has sales courage and you can develop that. So propose a joint venture with them. It takes some courage. All they could do is say no and ask them, what would that ideal, like Eric said, what would that ideal uh, partnership joint venture look like? Uh, and I, I want to thank all of you for being here. I'm looking at your names. I'm looking at where you're from. I see a lot of regulars. Eric and I really appreciate you. Uh, we're looking forward to a great show next week. Uh, I've learned a lot in this show, the listening to Eric, and just in preparing for the show, preparing some of my notes. Eric, I'll turn it over to you for a final word. Well, it was great to uh, be with all of you today. Thank you for joining us. And uh, we'll be back again next week. Um, we'd love to hear any, any feedback that you have. You can connect with us over LinkedIn. Send us a direct message. Uh, we're both on LinkedIn. We love being there. And uh, thank you all for joining us today. We'll look forward to connecting with you on our show 
next Monday. And that's going to wrap it up. We'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. We'll see you then, folks. Bye-bye.